professional or amateur athlete is injured, time to treatment is critical. That's why more tri-state schools and coaches trust the trainers and doctors of Beacon Orthopedics. In fact, more than 30 high schools, club, college, and pro teams choose Beacon Orthopedics as their official medical providers. On the sidelines and in the operating room, we get athletes back in the game safely and quickly with comprehensive sports medicine care. At Beacon Orthopedics, we care for the pros, student-athletes, and weekend warriors every day. I'm not going to bury the lead. Keenan is back in the house. <laughs> Keenan Singleton. You could have buried that lead. Come on. People come here to hear you and to see your beautiful face. It's great to, great to see you back, Keenan. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Thank you for having me back. It's great to be back back home in a lot of different ways. I feel like I've been away on the road for the past year or so. You've been a busy guy. Yeah, it's good to be back where I'm most comfortable, right next to you, Ben. Wednesday tradition. I appreciate that. Uh, Mike Dyer from your WCPO High School Insider Podcast. A little stumble there at the beginning, but uh, no big deal. Keenan Singleton, <laughs> also First Star Football Report. Dot com founder Dave Burke, our good friend Dave. Thanks for always, joining us. Always great to be here. I appreciate it. Uh, as always, this uh, High School Insider Podcast, if you've been listening since late July, is presented by our local Chick-fil-A restaurants. One of Keenan's favorites, right? Yeah, yeah. And you know who doesn't sell out of chicken sandwiches? Chick-fil-A. Oh, Chick-fil-A. <laughs> they don't sell out of chicken sandwiches. Anytime you need a chicken sandwich, go to Chick-fil-A. We got an extra long read on that one. Well, I want to say the, the winning play is always chicken there at Chick-fil-A. Download the app today for extra points. As always, you can get this WCPO High School Insider Podcast on Google Play, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. And welcome back, high school football, obviously. And that's uh, what we're here to talk about today. Before we get into some uh, discussion here with Dave about college recruiting, top teams, top players, all that good stuff, uh, our good friend Keenan uh, with uh, a very special docu-series about the Princeton High School football team. Uh, Today was episode three. If you haven't seen it, be sure to check it out. Many ways you can see it, wherever you stream your uh, WCPO coverage, including WCPO.com. Hypeville High. Hypeville High. Tell us about it. You got to, you got to, Hypeville High, you got to really put some oomph into it. How about it? Yeah. You know, it, wow. Tomorrow is is the last episode and I think it's kind of like having a kid in a lot of different ways. It's like the gestation process, everything that goes into it. You're, you're happy that everything is, is done and completed because it's, it's been a very lengthy process, a lot of work to be able to produce the four episodes that, that we've done for this project. But, uh, I have to thank you, honestly. I don't think you realize this. This this project really, the gestation really started here on this podcast when you brought in um, Mike Daniels, head coach of Princeton football, Darion Henry, and Jaheim Thomas for a podcast at the end of last season. Yeah, toward the end of uh, what, April, May ish, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, obviously I knew Mike previously before that, but it was my first time kind of meeting Darion and Jaheim and uh, kind of getting to know guys at the program. So from there, you know, we talked about getting Darion on Sports of All Sorts, a show I host here on uh, Nine on Your Side on Sunday nights. And um, it grew from there. I did a story on Darion, and I saw the interaction between Darion and and, um, and Paris Johnson, the number one recruit in the state. I was like, we got something here. These two guys, the way that they interact, it was a lot of fun. It was something that I would want to watch as a TV viewer, not just as someone that produces television content. So from there, you know, Mike Daniels, who is a forward-thinking guy. I think we all know that he's on the cutting edge. I don't want to age myself. <laughs> I remember when Mike played at Princeton right. High School. So that's how far back I go in knowing Mike Daniels, you know, and a quality individual. Mm-hmm. And uh, not surprised that he's yeah. at the forefront of, you know, 
but that puts the target on their back. It, it really does. And, and I don't think they're scared of it because if, I think, as we've said in the series at Infinite, I mean, three of the top four players in the state according to at least one service. And then you got nine dudes with Division One offers on that team on the starting 22 guys. So this is a team not only with a lot of hype, but with some substance to back it up. Now, if they do it during the regular season, that remains to be seen. They play Friday night against Milford. We'll be able to check that out. Your good see. friend Tom Grippa will be ready. I love Tom Grippa too, man. I mean, it's a really, it's, it's a, it's a, I'm, I'm sure Tom coached against Mike when he was probably in high school too. If you think about uh, it, good possibility. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'd say so. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if he was at LaSalle then, or right, LaSalle. Yep. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but tell us maybe a couple takeaways yeah. from this because I mean, if people have watched, I mean, it's really good stuff. Today yeah. you'll see the scrimmage with Trotwood Madison yeah. and uh, Media Day and the, mm-hmm. the players getting their uniforms. Episode two, you saw a lot of historical perspectives. Right. You got Pat Mancuso Pat involved in that. And episode one kind of laid the foundation with Camp Viking. Yeah. But uh, what's been maybe your favorite part of just kind of hanging out with uh, my, the my players favorite part was Camp Viking, and that was that was the three day kind of overnight process uh right as they were heading into it was a july 22nd i believe is when camp viking started it was kind of a week right before official padded practices here in ohio began on august 1st so that was three days of just you know not only practice and workouts but this was the team you know bonding this was going to the pool which was probably my favorite part of this whole thing just you know 75 kids hanging out at the pool having fun dunking on each other you know just what we don't normally see yeah what you don't see normally see with with these kids that you know we talk to them for you know 10 minutes before practice or after practice or after a game so it was a really good chance to actually get to know you know who Paris Johnson is who honestly to me might be one of the most impressive just human beings and not just as a football player I mean 6'6 300 pounds can do whatever you want as an offensive tackle but the brains, the the empathy, just the the curiosity of of a young man that he is. He's he's going places, and it's not just football wise, but just he's ready to go and, and do anything he wants to do. Darion Henry was a big baby. I mean, his nickname is Binky, and a lot of different ways he commands respect from his teammates. But he still has that youthful, you know, draw de vie and, the, and inside of him. So he, I mean, I love him. Eli Eberhardt is a kid that's got a lot of personality. There's there's a ton of personality in the in this group, and that would be one thing I think. As you know, as you kind of go embark on a process like that, you wish you had more time to be able to really show who these kids are outside of the football uh, program. Is there anything you weren't able to show that you wish you could have? Hmm. I would have liked to have done more, uh, as I kind of alluded to, more stuff outside of the field. Like I wanted to do a piece with Eric Thomas, the former Bengal, sure. who's now the defensive or one of the defensive backs coach uh, with with the Vikings. I wanted to kind of follow him. Uh, wanted to get talk more to Kevin Suttles, who was kind of the, you know, and I don't want to place it all on him because it wound up being a, a system-wide, a, a program-wide kind of issue for Princeton last year with kids not being eligible to play. But just his story of, hey, he was the guy that they started 3-1. and one. This was Princeton. Princeton was back. Princeton was going to the playoffs. Then his grades come up, and he's ineligible, and it all, it all goes you know, it's H-E double hockey sticks. Right. So it, just getting his story out there would have been nice as well. It wasn't something that we were able to include as much as I would have liked to, because I think this is a program that's trying to come back from that and to reestablish all the great things they did under Pat Mancuso as well. Gotcha. Dave, okay. we, we've known about these recruiting rankings for a very long time. We yep. knew about Darion 
and Jaheim. Obviously, Paris, the news came out this spring that he was transferring from St. X, and obviously that just elevated the Vikings to a different level when it comes to being in the spotlight. But other guys, as Keenan mentioned, you know, Juan Jared going to Kansas, Elijah Eberhardt going to Bowling Green, and you have some other players as well that are going to be on scholarship. But uh, when you kind of assess this team, obviously you kind of look at it through a recruiting prism and then also from a, just a high school football competition prism. I mean, wh- wh- what do you see from these Vikings this year? Well, you, you take Paris Johnson. The first time I saw Paris was in junior high up at Sound Mind, Sound Body, up in Michigan at a camp, in the, the, which one of the biggest showcases you can go to. And he was the top junior high performer. And I remember speaking to him then, taking his picture, and he was just like in awe, shocked. You know, why why you want to talk to me? <laughs> right. But, you know, he, he he's he's handled the pressure of being that target, of being the number one guy in the state of Ohio. And he's had it for a couple of years. And physically, he has all the tools. Now, it's there. there's a going to be an adjustment he's going to make when he goes to college because everyone's bigger, stronger, faster. But I think he has the tools to where he should be a guy looked upon at Ohio State to play early. Now, while he started as a true freshman, that's that's hard to do. Right. If you go back and look, at, you know, he's not Orlando Pace, in my opinion. Michael Johnson. Or, I'm Mike, sorry, Michael Jordan. Jordan, yeah. yeah. I mean, but he has those tools where he's going to be fighting and should be considered a guy who's in that too deep early in his career. But it, it's those guys around him. Saw Princeton two years ago, their season opened down at West Claremont. I was there for that game as well. Yeah. yeah. That, they... And I mean, I tweeted out Mike Daniels has got some talent here that's young, and you've watched them mature, and you watched how they handled the difficulties of a year ago. Very easy for that group of kids to have quit, and they didn't. They, they fought back no matter what the circumstance was. And that's a credit to Coach Daniels and his staff, and then to the kids themselves, and then how they've handled the recruitment. Because you're, you're talking about three of easily the top ten players in the state of Ohio being on one team. That's We don't see that a lot. Right. I mean, that's, that's going back to Glenville when you had Teddy Ginn and those guys. Yeah. So Cardell Jones and yeah, I mean, some just, of those other guys. Yeah, yeah, super having that much talent and how everyone gets along has always been the surprising to me. And that's a credit to the adults around them. And had a chance to go out there. You know, the one thing that Princeton did and the coaching staff did, and Chris Gillum, I'll give him a lot of credit. Yeah, he absolutely. Call, he yeah. called me a couple years ago and said, Dave, how, how do we get college coaches to Cincinnati? And he wasn't just asking about Princeton. He wanted to know about Cincinnati. And I said, I go over to Indianapolis every year and cover an event in Indy where three high schools basically team up and college coaches basically make the trip around to three high schools. Well, you saw what they did. I know this, you're, where you're going with this. You, right. you saw what they did right. this spring. Exactly. And now I think it got a little crazy because <laughs> some of the, you know, even some of the college coaches were like, "I got to go all the way over here and then back right. here." So there was some things that needed to be worked out. But getting those college coaches to the city of Cincinnati, and you're seeing a lot of that help the recruitment of young men that normally maybe late in the process get some looks but they got them a little bit earlier. And that's why you see schools like Kansas coming in. And you have been the big guys. When you had uh, Paris Johnson, who was, even though he was committed to Ohio State, still out kind of visiting, going around with sure. Darian and, and Thomas and those guys, that helps other kids. Mm-hmm. And you went to the, I went to the Princeton event, and you had LSU. and you, I mean, you had all the big schools. And they just opened up doors for other kids. 
And that's what I liked about the whole process and what they do. But just, you know, they are the team with the biggest target on their back because, and I don't mean that as from media, but from other kids, right? the teams they're going to play because they're going to hit the field no matter who they're playing as being known as big time recruits. Now, can you back it up? And as we know, the game of football, it's not I, it's a team. Well, and this is the first time in recent memory. I mean, I've been doing this 15 years here in this town with high school sports coverage, and it's always been Colerain in the GMC. And for right. good reason, obviously, 19 consecutive GMC titles. But to, to have such a, a, a different preseason outlook where Colerain doesn't have that yeah. moniker. Automatic. You know, it's just, it's just like, nope. wait a minute. Everyone, you, everyone's forgetting sure about, about Colerain. Yeah, They're putting exactly. it to the side. It's like, it's over. Right, I'm, right. Sure, I'm, I'm sure Sean Cutright probably likes that. Probably likes well, Colerain. He eases right the pressure. Yeah. And, that's his, right. and that's his personality, too, to right. be frank. Exactly. It, it yeah. eases the pressure for him. Because now he, he can put that little chip, which all high school coaches love to do. <laughs> he can put that little chip on their shoulders like, uh, okay, we, we lost these four or five guys and went and played college football from last year's team. Last year's over. No one's expecting you guys to do anything. Yeah. And we've, we both had a chance to see him in some scrimmage. they got talent still. Oh, they do. It's yes. not going away. Nope. And it wasn't, you know, and, and Tom Bolden is a great coach. He's a winner. He's proven. I mean, there's nothing you can say no different than what Kerry Combs was before him. And I think it just makes it more interesting. But, I mean, how will a team respond when, as I say, the bullets are flying on the field and everything's live and it matters? Scrimmages are one thing. I I don't put a lot of stock in scrimmages. And that's why I love the start of the season being here right now because – now everything matters. It counts. We're really going to see how young men step up and perform on the field against talent. And adversity. And adversity. And, you know, Princeton, uh, boy, you, you hope, you, you know, from last year, what happened to them a year ago. Because I agree. I think they were a playoff team. Yeah. And everything just kind of, you know, it could have went really bad. And it didn't. They, they kind of held it together. Right. It hurt them big time, but it held it together. And... You know, you you hope to see them in the playoffs because it's been a long time. Two thousand seven, yep. For them to get there, but it's going to be a hard road. Starting starting Friday with Milford, and, and just to piggyback over a couple of things you mentioned earlier, Chris Gillum. I mean, Chris Gillum, Mike Daniels, the the, the coaching staff there, incredible guys. I mean, Chris Gillum is. He needs to have his own TV show. I mean, I wish I could have put more of Chris's just kind of natural reactions and sound bites and stuff that when we had him mic'd up on the field. I mean, incredible stuff. Mike Daniels, too. There's some stuff that, again, when you have a show like this, I wish it were hard knocks. I wish it were last chance you where you have 45 minutes, an hour to be able to put in all that good stuff that, that, didn't, uh, that didn't make it. In. And one last Paris Johnson point. The one, the one slight, and it's not even a criticism, but one... Um, observation I've had about Paris since covering that team. He's been ready to go to college since, <laughs> I mean, he, he's been ready to be at Ohio State, it seems like, for a while now. And, and I'm, I'm curious how he'll handle this last season, his last high school football season, because he's ready to be in Columbus right now, yesterday. That's sad. That's the yeah. sad part of it, because right. as the three of us know, you only get to be a kid once. Right. But, Enjoy it, but you know, kids don't realize that they no, never do. They don't. Always in a rush to and, grow up, and, and it's not. A, it's not a, again. It's not a criticism. It's not a bad thing. No. But he's just ready. I think There's he's ready like for the next level of competition. But uh, look what happened this past weekend, Andrew Luck. Right. You as I when I talk to recruiting with kids, when I do group speaking and so forth for teams or whatever, I stress to them, the game is going to use you, 
So you better use the game. And that, that means get as much educational dollars you can out of it. You will not decide when the game ends. <laughs> it will decide for you. And it's undefeated. To see the criticism of someone like Andrew Luck getting, people don't understand how much work goes into rehab. It's harder to rehab than to prepare for a season because it's, it's mental as well as physical. It's all you. Because no, there's no, you, you don't have no teammates around you. You're, usually, you're, you're with trainers, doctors, you're, you're whatever extra work you're doing, trying to push yourself to get back. Uh, one of the young men I worked with, his college career is over. Third labrum surgery since his wow. senior year of high school. He's got to shut it down because then you start looking at quality of life. But he's walking away with a great degree from a college that's high academic. And that's what matters more because that's with him his lifetime. And that's, that's what you hope a Paris Johnson understands more so than just the NFL. Because the NFL, as we know, the old saying, not for long. <laughs> and it's not for long. And anything can happen, and we can't control, and, and Paris Johnson or whoever can't control knee injuries, can't control a back, can't control any different type of ailments that happen. Um, you know, Chris Borland walks away from the game because of worries about trauma to sure. the head. So who's to say what's going to happen one, two, five years from now. Um, Paris Johnson projects to be an NFL player. If he doesn't make it, he would be considered a bust, you know, but he's not. I mean, as long as he gets that degree, to me, he won. So that's what you hope he remembers. But you, I, I, I'm not a fan of early enrollees. I understand why kids are doing it. I understand why, you know, someone like a Paris Johnson – they do. They have, they probably have their eye on that prize of the NFL, and the sooner they get there, the sooner they have a chance to leave. But if you're good enough, they're going to get you no matter when they can get you. I mean, everyone's like right now, the quarterback at Clemson, everyone thinks he could go NFL right now. I guarantee you there's so much more for him to learn before he'll be ready for that next jump. And you, you hope that a Paris Johnson takes that time to develop all the skills that he needs to have and, and doesn't rush it out. Do you find, Dave, in speaking to a lot of the high school players and, and maybe even some aspects, more importantly, the high school players' families, <laughs> that they get this a little bit more than they did maybe even 10, 12 years ago oh. as far as the shorter lifespan goes of a, a playing career, whereas you know Chris Borland and Andrew Luck, they understand, hey, it's time to walk away. Do you, do you feel like high school players know that as much? Now? No, they're... they're when you, think back when you were 16, 17. Right. You're invincible. You're invincible. Right. No one's going to stop you. You're at the top of the, you know, the food chain, and you have all these tools, and you have this athletic ability, and you don't see, you know, a lot of these guys never suffer an injury. Those who have learn pretty quickly how quickly the game can be taken away. And I think sometimes it's, you know, but God said that maybe an injury does happen because they, they get that realization is something can happen here. Right. And I, and it's, and it, and talking to guys I've known, as you know, I've done this a long sure. time and going back and talking to people who've had great success, be it at the high school level, college level, even the NFL level, they all remember high school football more than they do college or pro. Always. It's very telling at the end of the day, yeah. you know? I think so, I mean, it's the last time it was purely pure, I guess, in a lot of different ways. High school level. football no longer is pure. Right. Well, it's it's a I business. Agree. I agree. You you go to the state of Texas when a lot of coaches down there are making over $100,000 a year, some $150,000. The, the, the stadiums are— The stadiums are multi-million dollar complexes. 
Um, you know, and, and one of the reasons why, you know, Ohio is such a great state to be in for football, high school football, it's not because of the facilities. I believe Ohio has some of the best high school coaches when it comes to developing talent, but also mentoring young men. And that, I think, is what the, the key to Ohio high school football has been for many, many years. Interesting. You brought up Tom Bolden, Dave, just a few minute, moments ago. I went out to the uh, much heralded and much hyped, speaking of hy- hype film, not quite to the <laughs> hype of Princeton maybe, but the uh, the Coleraine at Lakota West scrimmage, the first time that obviously Lakota West coach Tom Bolden faced his former team. And uh, I spoke with uh, Tom after the game, or after the scrimmage, I keep saying the game, and here's what he said. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited about our defense. I mean, obviously, you can tell how they fly around. They make plays. We can play man-to-man. We can play zone. We give different looks. We're big up front and all that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, uh, and offensively, you just got to fix a few things. I think we got all we need. I mean, obviously, David Fari is, uh, is is something special. He's, he's powerful. He's fast. He's elusive. So um, I'm excited. But, you know, that's that's the most tight scrimmage, and it's over. And, and I think uh, we got better from it, and Corey got better from it and now they've got a big test next week with Wayne and we got a big one with LaSalle both on the road so hopefully we, we both can pull it out. So our WCPO game of the week is obviously Lakota West at LaSalle uh, third consecutive year that um, Pat McLaughlin uh, gets to face uh, Tom Bolden <laughs> in the season he, opener it. and uh, yeah you couldn't escape that and uh, but uh, yeah, I, I was really impressed you mentioned a couple things there David Afari the Miami University commit and Dave yep. you could speak to this maybe like a 72 yard run nobody really kept official stats but uh, I talked to Coach Bolden over the summer and it just seems like a complete 360 with David in terms of his attitude his effort and just everything just seems to be clicking for him so I was really impressed with him he should have a breakout year and I, I and I I think I did my own little podcast here a few weeks ago talking about him. And the fear is he has that big year and other colleges come knocking on his door. And because Chuck Martin, believe it or not, Chuck Martin has done a great job recruiting at Miami. And if if people went back and looked at all the players that he's recruited, got commitments from, and lost to Power 5 schools, they'd be shocked by how many guys that he's lost. So... um, Kudos to Miami and Chuck Martin and his staff saying this is a guy who can, you know, can get it done for what we need. And he should have a breakout year. He, he should have a big year in this offense. And Tom mentioned the defense at the, at the uh, forefront of his comments there, obviously led by senior linebacker David Jones going to UC. So uh, very impressive showing. And when Tom says we're going to win, <laughs> you got to believe the guy. I mean, he's got 100, what is it, 42 yeah. career wins. I mean, you know, 12 consecutive GMC titles, three trips to the state final four. Um, and, and certainly talking to everybody over, the, over there at Lakota West, I kind of spent a majority of the scrimmage there on the sideline and talking to Principal Elgin Card and Athletic Director Scott Kaufman. I mean, they are just absolutely uh, thrilled with what Tom is bringing in, in terms of not only the culture change, but I think just the, the community is just buying. I mean, there was some 1,500 fans there in a full student section for a scrimmage, and Tom even said, I've never seen anything like that. So you could just kind of see the buy-in uh, is really happening there in Westchester. And uh, Obviously, going over to Lancer Stadium, not going to be an easy uh, game whatsoever, and uh, LaSalle, LaSalle coach Pat McLaughlin kind of talked about the uh, the disappointment of last season and missing the playoffs for the first time since 2013. 
Uh, so far, it's it's been good. Uh, the kids are working hard. Um, you know, obviously, last last season didn't go the way we wanted it to, and that's kind of been in their belly and their gut the entire off season. And you know, we're focused on ourselves, trying to get better uh, every day. And I think we've done that. And you don't really find out until uh, until week one. And you know. I like playing a tough game week one. You find out you know, how good you are, how well you prepared, uh, what you need to work on, and get a pretty good indication of what type, what type of team you have, how you're going to you know, um, respond to adversity. And so we'll see how that goes week one. Two Big Ten commits there for the Lancers, obviously. Cam Porter, the senior running back, and then the senior kicker, Jake Seibert, whose video went viral kicking that uh, – <laughs> if you guys saw that uh, that – that kick to uh, Principal Aaron Marshall went kind of yeah. went bonkers there on social media <laughs> and all over the cable news. It seemed like this summer. But uh, Dave, tell us a little bit about, about both those guys, uh, Jake and uh, and Cam, and what they bring to the table. Jake's number one kicker in the country, plain and simple. Um, what kid, before you go on that? What makes a kicker the number one kicker in the country? Is it foot? Is it is it the strength? Is it accuracy? Is it uh, everything? Okay. I mean, I tell people when when I go watch a young man kick. And I have to go all the way back when I when I started doing this, you know, in the early 2000s. The first kicker that I remember seeing kick that I just went, wow, was Pat McAfee. And he was doing it in Nippert Stadium. There was a camp. There was some organization came in, did a camp at Nippert Stadium. And you're sitting there in the stands and you hear, boom. <laughs> it's no different than a baseball hitting the bat. It you just hit, sounds it, different. It just has that sound to it. And that's what Jake has, and um, and I, you know, Andrew Gantz, who kicked at UC in Northern Illinois from Centerville, does some stuff with us on First Star Football Report, and Andrew is just geeked about this young man. He, he's he's been telling me even before the offers were coming that this kid's legit, and you know, Andrew Gantz had a pretty good college career. He did, and injuries kind of slowed him down at UC, and he went on and finished at Northern Illinois. But he had a very good college career. And I trust him when he says, this is the best guy. And the, and the problem is when we talk about kickers and when you look at rankings, no one pays attention to them. Right. They never have. I mean, you can go back, you know, through the history of all the kickers and, you know, none of them get really ranked high. And, and, and the only time they do get ranked high is if they commit to an Ohio State. You know, so if, they, if they're going to a power school, they're going to get that recognition. But, I mean, he, he's, he's legit. And... Um, you know, Matt Coughlin, who played at Moeller, who's at Michigan State, didn't get a lot of recognition. He's having a great college career. So big things are expected out of Jake. Be an interesting matchup for sure. Um, some other games here of note. I just I just want to kind of run through these. Colerain at Huber Heights Wayne. That's part of the backyard brawl. Elder at Gahana Lincoln. Uh, interesting game there. Centerville at Fairfield. Fairfield's going to wear the, uh, the camouflage uniforms. First team in Ohio to do that on uh, military and first responders night. Many, many games. Uh, all starts tonight, obviously. Taft and uh, Northwest playing over at Mark Stadium there at Walnut Hills as uh, they continue to get Stargold Stadium ready. Guys, just want to ask each one of you maybe uh, your game uh, to watch and uh, you know maybe just uh, some impression. Can't really say there's an upset per se because it's week one, but yeah. anything that might surprise you and stick out. Uh, Dave, we'll start with you maybe in those first few games I mentioned. Uh, well, I mean, in the first the one game I'm going to tomorrow night, Kettering Alder and Kettering Fairmont, talking about a Backyard brawl. Uh, they, they share the same stadium. They're right down the road from each other. It's always a good game. Uh, Alder had been the one who'd been on top most of these games until here recently in Fairfield. Uh, Fairmont has really turned things around and and, and made a challenge to them. Um, I'm going to be at Colerain and Wayne, part of the backyard blitz uh, game system Friday, Saturday. I'll be there Friday night. 
I talked to Eric Horseman who puts it on, and he, and I told him, I said, when you put this together, you never guessed there'd be a new head coach. <laughs> You know, at both at both schools, yeah, you know, and he's like, no, and he, he you know, it adds to the intrigue, and I think it does, and it's going to be interesting to see how both new coaches, Rosie Mukes, Roosevelt Mukes, who played at Wayne, uh, has been on the Wayne staff for many years, twenty plus years. Um, shoot, my brother played when Rosie was coaching, so, um, but I mean, you you get into, I, I'm happy to see how this will play out for both sides. Um, Wayne's a lot of question marks. They've got some young talent. I thought they overachieved a year ago. I didn't think they were that good uh, than what they finished out, and they overachieved. So it's going to be interesting to see how they do because they had to replace some pieces that are graduated. And um, the old saying at Wayne, you know, is, uh, you know, the, the the whole thing with graduation, you know, and tradition never graduates. Sure. It's going to be tested. And and the, one of the players, you know, Adam Trick, who plays for them, is a young man who wanted to be a quarterback. And – I even told him, I said, you're not a quarterback. And he's like, no, I'm a quarterback. He went out and went to some summer camps. And this, this is a young man who's a sophomore. And some colleges says, your future is as a, you know, linebacker, defensive end, tight end type player. Um, they have some some talent. Coach Mukes has his own son who's a freshman who I've been watching since he was born. And I'm, I can't wait to see him on the field because I think he's going to be a really good player. And... Um, and then McColrain, I mean, Pace is a beast. I, very underrated, very underrated player in the in the state of Ohio, in my opinion, that Luke Fickle saw early and, and said, this is the guy we want to get on our defense. So that's going to be a great game. Um, you know, Ken, I, I— Yeah. I, I mean, outside of the, the Princeton-Milford game, for obvious personal sure. reasons, just the, the, the production we put on, I, I want to see— how Princeton responds to, you know, not only us being there for the last month and a half or so, but going up against one of the all-time greats and Tom Grippa, Tom is always going to give you a challenge when it comes to the offensive side of uh, offensive side of the ball. Now, will it be able to contain Darion Henry and Juan Jarrett and Eli Eberhardt and Kevin Suttles and all those guys that they do have on that defensive side of the ball? I'm curious to see. But outside of that game, I'm just a Fairfield fan. I, I mean, I think of, of all those programs in the GMC Outside of Coleraine, I've always felt like if anybody was going to knock him off, I've always felt like it was going to be Fairfield over the last few years. Losing Eric Ali obviously hurts, but they still got, they still got Juton, who yeah. who is a He's threat, yeah. who is a, a literal threat anytime he has a ball in his hands to, to, to take it all the way, be it you know ten yards or seventy yards. So I, I'm curious to see how Fairfield comes out in those camo jerseys and, and see how they perform week one. Centerville has uh, back-to-back GMC teams. They play uh, Lakota West week two. Interesting note on Colerain Wayne as a one-year deal. I, I mentioned it's backyard blitz. I said backyard brawl, but uh, uh, I think uh, uh, Colerain folks would like to see Wayne return the favor, obviously, next year yeah. because Colerain right now is open for week one in 2020. And, and it's, uh, being, it's being seen. talked about. Eric Horseman said that gotcha. that, that, okay. that is already being talked about as gotcha. a possibility. And uh, they mentioned it on the Fairfield Centerville, Chase Harrison, 20, you know, 2022 quarterback, is the kid to watch there. Centerville's really been down. They've struggled um, the last few years. And it's, you know, not the program of old as Centerville. And it's going to be interesting to see what they put on the field to support Harrison uh, because he has a lot of talent. Do you want to mention Wyoming? Our defending Division Four state champions. I don't have to 15, say anything about Evan Prairie right now. <laughs> They're up uh, against Columbus Academy, starting on the road uh, this weekend, and then uh, they host Tafts uh, on September sixth. But uh, the Cowboys enter the season with thirty-one game regular season winning streak, which is the longest in the state of Ohio. And uh, talking to Coach Aaron Hancock, I mean, it's just amazing the uh, 
the continuity within that program. I think the senior class is 39 and three the past three years, something like that. And uh, it all starts with Evan Prater, but uh, his leadership has been just, you know, on the mark all summer. And it seems like his accuracy uh, throwing the ball is really kind of elevated a notch, uh, according to Coach Hancock. So they have some other players too, Camden O'Gara, Harrison Shepard. I mean, they have some, they have some talent and those guys will go both ways in the preseason and they'll go both ways in the regular season as well. And I, th- I think, you know, things really set up well for them to, to continue success and possibly make it back up to Canton. I mean, they're not a traditional D4 team. I mean, just the yeah. amount of talent that they have there. I mean, that does not play like a D4 team in a lot of ways. No, and I got a chance to see him a couple times last season. And I know a lot of people feel Mayan Williams got slighted when it came to Mr. Football. He may get it again, and it might be just in his backyard because Evan Prater, if he has a year like he had last season, yeah, he's going to get his. a lot of consideration. For Mr. Football, definitely. Uh, I do want to do want to mention Mayan Williams. You, sp- you spoke about Mayan Williams there. Division two uh, featured matchup has got to be Winton Woods at Trotwood Ooh. Madison on Friday night. <laughs> I wish I could be uh, about three or four different places on Friday, but yeah. because I mean this is going to be a fantastic game. Think about only beat uh, Trotwood Madison seven zero in that scrimmage that they played a couple of weeks back. By the way, I'm sorry. Go for no, it. Th- think about this. Last few years, Winton Woods has independent schedule. You 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 have to give them credit for the playing who they played and who they beat schools i mean but you look at this year they have got oh i wrote it down too yeah moeller saint ed elder lasalle christian brothers out of missouri who is like the number one team in the state of missouri um in the large school classification by the way too yeah Yeah. And, and then you look at trotwood who's had you know a great run over the last several years they're gonna they're gonna learn what Witten Woods has gone through because they're gonna be an independent after this season because they've been basically excluded from the new G Walk uh, after this year, and it, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens at Trotwood going forward because um, they've always had the talent. I don't think they have as much talent as they've had in years past as where Witten Woods we we know has. Right. You know, we talk about Princeton. Oh yeah, right look, behind. Look them. at Witten Woods. Yeah. 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 And it's not just, you know, you, you can sit there and you can talk about Mayan Williams. You can talk about uh, um, Demir Blankemsey, Blank, their yeah. wide receiver. Bam Booker, uh, Wingfield, the quarterback. Grace, the DB safety. Crumpley. Remember Crumpley, who is a 20 uh, young DB, 6'2, uh, 180 pound. Saw him in the, in the college workouts back in the spring. He stuck out to me more than any other player I saw uh, at that event. And he, he's going to be legit. Wow. Any other year, I'd say maybe Wenton Woods could punch their ticket to Canton. But, uh, I mean, certainly, they're, you know, if they face Maslin or somebody else in the state semis, that's going to be a challenge. And then you have to face Akron Archbishop Hopin, which, by the way, has won four consecutive yeah. state titles. Who, they lo- who did they lo- lose to last year in the semis? They lost to Maslin. Maslin. I thought it was Maslin, yeah. right? They yeah, won, I, was at, so. I was at that game. It was... Uh, you know, Andre's Played my in guy. Columbus, and, and right. obviously I think the weather was cold. And- uh, Andre Parker's my guy, but they... They they didn't give the ball to Mayan Williams that night when when they played Massillon. It, it was just a bizarre bizarre game. But anyways, as I digress. He, we talk about you have to talk about the job Nate Moore has brought Massillon back. Yeah. So I mean, if anyone had a chance, they have, uh, I believe it's on Netflix or Amazon Prime or whatever. The documentary on McKinley Massillon. Watch that because if, if you love high school football in Ohio, oh uh, yeah, the history stuff. The history is just you know unbelievable. Yeah, it really is. 
Good stuff. Uh, I want to remind everybody, this High School Insider podcast is presented by our local Chick-fil-A restaurants where the winning play is always chicken. Go for the extra point today with a side of their new macaroni and cheese. And huh. Dave, just uh, wait, you're going you're gonna to pick some of that up. I didn't know, know they had mac and cheese at oh, Chick-fil-A yeah. now. Uh, my wife loves I'm not a mac good. and cheese guy, uh-huh. but my wife, she's already had it. She says it's legit. Okay. Okay. There we go. All right, I'll be there. A five-star pickup, right? <laughs> five-star pickup. <laughs> this 2020 class, Dave, as we kind of conclude here with you, just on your mm-hmm. recruiting perspective, I mean, Keenan and I have been talking for months and months about how talented this group is, top to bottom. I mean, I can't remember a class having this many positions as talented as this class. Maybe there there is one from, from all the years that you've been covering this, but talk about just the strength of this group and what you see from this fall. I agree it might be the best. I mean, I go back to O two. I've been following everything since the late 90s. My brother played at Wayne. But as far as actually covering it since 02, and this in Southwest Ohio, especially Cincinnati, I, I think is the deepest in talent that I've seen. And it, it's the beauty of it is it's not just at St. X, not just at Elder. You, you have or you, Princeton or, or, or whatever. Or, yeah. you know, the D1 schools, right? You, you start looking at... Roger Bacon, you start looking at, you know, uh, Fairfield, you know, has always had a talent or two. Um, then you add in the Wyomings. Right. I mean, you, you go back to the Black Brothers, Jabril and Larry. Yeah. And you, you yeah. go in Hassan just recently. Um, and, you, you know, you go back, Walnut Hills. We don't think of Walnut Hills. Right. Three as D1 a offensive linemen. You know, right. uh, Mason, Paul Rodriguez, a young kid yeah. who's going to be, I think, highly recruited offensive lineman. Taff, AJ Lowe, you get into, um, you know, Mueller has their guy as well. I mean, everyone yeah. has someone this year. Right. So, you know, and it's not just because of Cincinnati getting more coverage. And I, and I want to say this, Channel 9 needs props because you, you look at what's going on in coverage of high school football, they have committed to cover Ohio high school football in this region. Well, we appreciate that. Yeah. And, you know, you can't say that about every place. You can't say that about every place. But just the, the talent, you know. I, how many, think about Elder. Two guys going to Ohio State. Two. Yeah. When's the last time two guys from one program have gone to Ohio State? And now you have two programs right. with two guys going to Ohio State. Yeah, Ohio State is really, I mean, the recruiting down here in Cincinnati, and I, and I haven't been here down here as long as much as you guys have, but it, it, outside of Amir Reap from a couple of years ago, like I can't really remember, just looking at the roster, and, and obviously that roster would go you know, four or five years back now, you got Amir Reap, Danny yeah, Justin Hill, you're, you know, yeah, yeah, a couple players. of guys. But, yeah. but there's, I, mean, but I go back, Robbie Schoenhoff. And, yeah, sure. You know, and but all what's guys. the most? I mean, this the depth of Cincinnati's class this year has to be non-parallel. I think in, in quite a while. Yeah. I think the Dayton Daily News had something. I mean, it goes back to maybe the late 80s or something before we, uh, another time you had five right. players committed yeah. to Ohio State from this area, if I recall. But uh, give talk, cre- And give ahead. credit to Ryan Day. Yeah, exactly. Because, I, I, you know, now I think these same guys, I think Urban Meyer would have recruited. But at the same time, you know, does he take a Jacob James? Right. Or does he look more national? It's not about the stars at the end of the day. How many stars you got? And You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> Urban no. might have gone for a five-star guy exactly. out of California or Florida instead yeah. of getting that Jacob James. And, uh, you know, it, it's kind of interesting. It's almost going back to the Trestle days in some ways where you exactly. got the in-state guys. I, I, I totally agree. This is – Ryan Day is recruiting more like Jim Trestle did. Recruits more like what Mark D'Antonio does. Mm-hmm. 
He, he, you know, and, and the thing is, the schools, the two schools that have really cleaned up in this region, Kentucky has continued to build with players from this area. And got, Vince you know, Merrow, I mean, that dude, he's, he's an a animal. He's a recruiting machine. He's an animal. Recruiting machine. That's what he is. I mean, that's why, that's why Michigan, Harbaugh came after him. Yeah. You know, a couple of years ago when Harbaugh got the job. You, you get into, you know, Northwestern. Look at Northwestern coming in and getting yep. a couple. One of the most, what I feel, under the radar prospects, Marshall Lane out of St. X. I mean, Friday night, I was at their scrimmage. I mean, he caught some balls that, I'm telling you. Tell us about him, Dave, because I, 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 I mean, you've, you've done some interviews with him. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're talking about, it. I think, one of the most underrated prospects in the region who is tough as nails, Six four ish, six four and a half, you know, and still growing. Now he's going to be a super back in that offense up there. That's where they're going to put him at. And his recruitment, I've watched, had a chance to watch him three years develop and the growth that you've seen out of him. That's what I want to see. I want to see continued growth each year growth, growth, growth. I don't want to see just a flash. Right. I want to see that growth. And that's what he's shown me. And you look at St. X, and you're going to have another Clifford who has a bunch of offers already. We won't even get into that because some of those offers are, you know, they are what they are. It's the game. <laughs> in, the game the is game, being played. Exactly. But a new OC over there, Andrew Coverdale, I've heard rave reviews about Matthew Reeve. Remember, had a great summer. Saw him in a couple camps. Ran like 4647 in camps. Electronic timed at the Nike. Has a Which plug. is a lot faster than people realize. I think people will say, oh, he's not running 4-4. No, no. 4-6 is, is legitimately very, very yeah. fast. At, at, at six foot four and four and a half, 190, 200 pounds, has a bloodline. His cousins are Matt and Tim Hasselbeck. So yeah, I've, heard, I've heard of them. There's, there's, there's some uh, bloodlines there. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you get into, I mean, there's just so many. I mean, folks, you, 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 you can't, sheets of, you uh, can't uh, see my there. sheets here. I mean, there are so many players start. to talk about in Southwest Ohio, in Cincinnati, that we could go on and on and on. But, I mean, you, you look at Elder. Everyone talks about Jacob James. He may not even be their best offensive lineman because I'd really like Luke Kandra, yeah. who's going to Louisville. 6'6", six, six, 300. Who's nasty. Yeah. I mean— and that's what you want out of an alignment. More than anything, it's just a nasty dude. It's good stuff. Where, what can people find on FirstStarFootballReport.com, Dave? Oh, you can find our the Daybrook podcast. You can find uh, stuff with Andrew Gantz on Kicker Specialist. We like to cover the specialist as well. We just released our first week of uh, top kickers and punters at the high school, regional, uh, and nationally for college. Aren't the and Australians, aren't they all taking all the punter they're, jobs? They're, they keep, it looks like they're going to. And uh, and then, uh, you know, you're going to find through the season interviews with some of the top players and some guys maybe you don't hear about that are, are we feel are Division One players, but also guys can play D2, D3. Good stuff. Keenan, where are you going to be this weekend? Uh, I will be at our game of the week, Mike. I will, right. be, I will be out there. I'm just... Lancer Stadium. Yeah. Always festive. Always a good time. It'd be good stuff. Hey, we appreciate everybody. Uh, thanks, Dave Burke. Thank you. Keenan Singleton. Yes, sir. Uh, and thank you for watching and listening to our WCPO High School Insider Podcast. We will be back with you next week.